Hey there, I'm Matthew Weir. And I'm Kerry Warbis. And we present the Sardashed podcast. And uh, Kerry, we're not great at self-promotion sometimes, are we? We're okay in some ways, in other ways we're not. We're crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing called the British Podcast Awards. And in it, there is a category called the Listener's Choice Awards. And you can vote for the Cider Shed. All you need to go to is that link that we're going to provide very visibly in the podcast description. Mm-hmm. Type the Cider Shed in the search box and place your vote. You just need an email. So if you've got multiple emails, you can vote multiple times. You can. I voted I've, for us. Have you? I'm so crap I haven't even voted for us once. Oh, yet. come on, Matthew. <laughs> I, we're not going to win, but it would be nice to have a little presence there, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Mm. We've promoted it in the past and we haven't this year. So we're just giving a little mention at the beginning. Go to the link in the podcast description. Vote for the Cider Shed. Voting closes on the 5th of September, I believe. Yeah, this is last hurrah. Yeah, it is the last hurrah. You've got like a week, week to 10 days to get it done. The link was a bit temperamental. It told me a couple of times like, oh, 404 doesn't exist and then went back and it works. So yeah, I think that's obviously everyone going in to vote for us already is causing the site to crash. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kerry. Yeah. That's it. The real podcast will start now. Stick around till the end. There's uh, an important announcement. And there's also a couple of good ads from some Ambridge businesses in there. Mm, Yeah, enjoy. See everyone. Well, not see you because we're about to start. Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Studshed Podcast. I'm Matthew Weir. I'm joined by Kerry Warbis. Kerry. Have you ever made a scene in a tea room? <laughs> no, me calls a scene. Are you having a laugh? I'm not a crazy Karen either. <laughs> I, I heard a cruel rumour that someone made a jingle of you acting like a crazy Karen earlier this week. Oh, yeah. When I did think I would quite fancy a fight, that was in our Patreon, wasn't it? I was on the edge of snapping. And you captured it. Did you enjoy it? I liked the growl that I sampled over and over again. Yeah. Are we able to enjoy that now? Or is that a Patreon-only treat? If I can find a way of putting it in, it will appear now. Okay. (laughs) I'm up for a fight. I'm up for a fight. I'm up for a fight. (laughs) I wouldn't mind one. I'm up for a fight. (laughs) Kerry thought that George's video he made of Helen sounded a bit like one of my jingles, which is probably going to influence the title of this podcast. <laughs> Before we get stuck into all the influency in selling nonsense, let's mm. take a little break with a word from our sponsors. Have you heard? Greg Gables is back. And its new owners, Dan and Paul Pot, would love to see you at their opening gala. Why not come and marvel at our head of food? Oh my god! We call it Ian. What is that? Or enjoy a petrol-infused bruschetta from our self-service grill. How about a bit of traveling salesman-based sexual role-play in one of our many luxurious rooms? Or if all that seems too fast-paced, why not sit back and enjoy a Grey Gables signature cheese board featuring seven individual blocks of delicious Cordwell cream, a bowl of sumptuous mozzarella all the way from Shropshire, 
and absolutely fuck all cheese from that shower of freaks down the road. The people's cheese. Whatever you decide to do at the all-new Grey Gables, look forward to seeing you there. No scruffy ferret bastards allowed, and bring lots of money. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Okay, it's a roller coaster of emotions. This one, Helen had every right to be very upset that George didn't she? Yeah. But there was that quite awkward build-up with Pat. Before it all went off like a bottle rocket, she said, well, it was hardly the Grundy's fault that Henry ended up meeting Rob. And you're thinking, well, Pat already knows at this point that George helped set it up. Should Pat have just kept her mouth shut, her Pat trap? I don't think so. I don't think a mother would keep their mouth shut about something like that. It, I think it was the timing of it. It was kind of let slip instead of actually going, now look, Helen, this is what happened. It was like an accidental slip, wasn't it? Which meant that Helen flipped more than she might have if she described it in a better way, I think. She felt the need to address like a supposition that Helen made, you know, mm. about whether Henry was capable of doing this himself and he knows well, she thought she tried to protect him from and tell him what Rob was like. And I think Pat then said, well, actually, he didn't do it all by himself. George helped yeah. him. He went, he went on the dark web and found <laughs> <Actually>. like, <laughs> yeah. and found his OnlyFans page and set it all up. And then Pat did her best to try and stop Helen. But I got the impression she was like a, a greased donkey. Is a greased donkey a thing? I've never heard of that. But, you know, maybe it is in your ne- neck of the woods. It's a greased something, isn't it? It's not it's greased a greased ferret. greased monkey. Oh, greased monkey. Is okay. But yeah, because Pat was going, I told Henry I wouldn't tell anyone. A bit late for that, isn't it? And then we cut to scones or scones in the tea room with Pip and Stella chatting about, you know, the B&B and make, Stella making a jibe about Pip's housekeeping and stuff. And oh yeah, she lets slip. She fancies Cecily for a week in the tea room. And then Helen just burst in shouting, where's George? I know he's in here. I need to talk to him. And I loved how the tea room music was still jingling away in the background, wasn't it? It was like there was some kind of rockabilly guitar solo going or something or a saxophone playing, wasn't there? I, I mean, that, that tea room did not know what had hit it, did they? I think there was a moment just as Helen came through the door that Pitt went, oh, hello, because you saw Helen coming in right off the back of her uh, cream jam chat with Stella, which was yeah. loaded with sexual tension, wasn't it? 
Everything is loaded with sexual tension with Pip at the moment. She goes off at George. A George kind of saunters in like a, a cowboy through like the barn door going, yeah, what? Like with the tea towel over his shoulder going, uh, yeah. <laughs> what can I what you what can I do for you? Mm. He's already heard that she's he already knew the context of her going nuts as well, didn't he? Because he was prepared. It wasn't like he was caught off guard. So I think he'd heard the build up outside. Or he I guess maybe he he predicted it was coming. Maybe Pat messaged him, George, she's coming. She's coming. Yeah. Take cover. And what he chose to do at this point, instead of trying to calm things down, calm the waters, he just went, at least I didn't lie to him. Henry should have known his dad wanted to get in touch. And Helen was like, that man is not his dad. Oh, yeah, you got knocked up with a turkey baster, didn't you? The more angry and distressed she got, the more he seemed to be enjoying it. Mm. What are you going to do? Hit me, hit me and started yeah, recording her. I mean, goodness me. Yeah. I mean, well, there's you just got to go onto YouTube and find like Karen compilation videos, oh, really? haven't you? Yeah. It's oh, a God. real thing. And it the thing that always gets me in that is the person always starts filming. And when the person and quite often this person is completely in the wrong, the person that they are filming. When mm. the person drive, tries to like just take the camera out of their hand, they immediately go, you see that? She assaulted me. She assaulted me. And then but you could hear him just like <laughs> as she was clearly having some form of breakdown in front of him. Mm. Like Emma afterwards was like, right, anyone, more coffee? <laughs> Didn't she say something like, uh, oh, that sort of thing doesn't normally happen here. That's yeah. not normally what this tea room's like. As if anyone in there was thinking, God, I bet it's like that in here every day. Well, some of the regular customers probably just thought they'd had one too many of Fallon's quiches. <laughs> Helen did call George a sad, pathetic little boy. Yeah. Oh, and he said something like, because Emma kicked kicked her out, which I bet George really enjoyed. And then he, he said, oh, he was, sounded like almost disappointed, don't end the show now. Mm -hmm. like, the show. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think he was half thinking of his video there. He yes. already had one eye on his views. But wouldn't you just post it to your own channel instead of the Bridge Farm f***ing website? Well, yes. This has been questioned heavily. You'd, you'd put it on TikTok or your own, I don't know, anywhere. Instagram stories, whatever. You wouldn't. But yeah, on the Bridge Farm website thing. So... Who goes on there and looks at like their blog and things? Well, apparently they'd already had hateful comments. So I reckon they've just got a load of haters that follow the site. <laughs> I mean, is, is the Bridge Farm site just their Facebook page and they can't say it's their Facebook page? Oh, probably. I can imagine that. Can you? Mm. Quite sort of shonky old. There's nothing worse, is there, where you're looking at a company online and, you, and you, it says, oh, look here for information. You click on it. it suddenly in facebook yeah that is like hell um yeah helen was sobbing and to pat then thinking they'll all be talking about me why can't i ever escape and then it just cut straight to toby and rex talking about it yeah the way the way pip mentioned it she was mm. like she was a right nutter yeah rex kind of made the reference to the fact that if rob's back Kirsty must know it's going to run deep, this, isn't it? Because I think Fallon's going to understand why Harrison couldn't say anything. Or, I mean, he's possibly yeah. just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> he saw a butterfly and it distracted him. But he saw a long, a long, what was it? A, a brown, brown hair streak. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a sparrow. What? 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 The guy I had in handcuffs? I don't know, Gov. <laughs> oh, look, some lovely grass. What were I doing again? <laughs> Oh, poor Harrison. He hasn't been in it. We're bashing him. Susan and Pat were having a little chat about it as well, weren't they? Like Susan was saying, um, 
that nobody had a clue about Rob being at the county show and that George isn't actually blameless. But Helen really laid into him and he was only doing what Henry asked him to. So she she was still at this point trying to bat for George. And even Pat was saying, I know Helen overreacted. But then Pat cried, didn't she? And was going, oh, we've been through such a lot. And she, she said that time has concertinaed. That happened to me at Glastonbury 93. <laughs> Did it concertina in or out? <laughs> both, or as both. I recall. The squeeze box effect of dropping something or other. Susan at that point is saying to Pat, well, if I hear anyone who's criticising Helen, I'll put them right. And then she has that situation where she had to tell Emma. And there's that funny bit where she found the edge of madness, the book, and she went, it's not about Helen, is it? Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was quite good from Emma. Yeah, I really liked that little sort of collection. Suddenly they were putting stuff out for a, uh, it was a car boot or something. Wasn't it? And there was like soda siphon, salad spinner, <laughs> inflatable bath pillow. All the things that you find at car boots. The blo- those sal- you always see a salad spinner. Yeah. I always think back the day that the person bought that and thought, now I'm part of the elite. <laughs> oh, there's usually um, foot spas, isn't there? Oh, I wouldn't go anywhere near it. A second hand foot spa. Well, I wouldn't go near a first hand foot spa. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the washing up bowl? Some fairy liquid. And yeah, uh, was it, um, what's the book that Susan, oh, it was Lark Rise to Candleford, wasn't it? About a young girl moving away from a tiny village. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> the basis of every Brazilian telenovela I've ever seen? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, there was a radio soap opera in Portugal in the 70s mm. called Simplesmente Maria, which is like Simply Maria. And it's typical the young farm girl moves up mm. to the big city, falls in love with the millionaire's son. Soap operas in Latin countries don't go on forever. They're not like Corrie Eastenders, the archers. They oh. have a narrative. They have a beginning and an end. So they get like the average soap opera in Brazil lasts about eight to nine months. So when I oh. try to explain Corrie to them <laughs> and Enders, they look at me like I'm nuts. Like, what, it started in the, what, the 50s? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's still good. How does how does it wrap up? And I was like, people die, people move out, people move back into the same street. Shout out Ryan Early. <laughs> yeah, apparently this one that was on the radio here in the seventies, everything stopped when this was on. Like I have students who tell me their parents listened to it, and they said families all went completely silent, and everyone huddled okay. around the radio to listen to yeah. it. And there isn't much of a history of radio soap operas here. So that mm. was one that bucked the trend. But then I always try and think back. I always tell the students about the archers and mm. they look at me like I'm clinically insane, <laughs> yeah, which well, is a, a standard reaction. A that. <laughs> yes. I did think it was quite clever as well that um, when Susan told Emma off for laughing at the about the edge of madness and saying, is that about Helen? Susan rather cleverly sort of just reminded her that you slapped George the other day for his behaviour towards you. And Emma couldn't quite cope with that. She was like, well, yeah, that's different because, you know, it's in the family and you're allowed to. And I kind of get that, you know, like you can tell your own kid off. But if someone else tells off your little brat, you get really, really protective um, to a wildly unreasonable degree. Uh, So I thought I liked that little scene. It was very sort of true to life. But it did remind her that she's got reason to be concerned. Tom got all angry came round and did the whole door banging thing. He went all Vince when Vince was after Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Ah, and at that point, George did not come out, did he? No, he did say to Emma, do you want me to come with you? Yeah. I think Emma said, stay here. And then she went to the door and Tom alluded to the fact like he wasn't man enough yeah. to come out and face him. Which, I mean, if you could hear someone really sort of shouting at your mum, you would, and it's about something you've done, I would hope you'd go out there. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah, but no, not George. So then what, what else happened? Like Tom did that and said, uh, oh, you know, I've sacked him. He, he can't set foot in the farm again. That's technically a promotion at Bridge yeah. Farm, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No wonder he was happy, George. He d- didn't much care for it anyway, did he? No. Uh, then you've got the whole um, thing where Will spoke to George and we find out it's because yeah. he's been watching an influencer online who has mm. a six-pack and drives cars and has cigars. And Thankfully, Will is grounded enough to be able to say to George... But that's not real, yeah, George, which means that Will has the mental maturity that other grown men don't have. Which says an awful lot about those other grown men, doesn't it, really? It, it does, yeah. So, But he didn't want to go around and apologise. It was mm. only when Will went to Emma, didn't he, in the team room. In the team room? In the tea room. <laughs> Is that its new brand? <laughs> And she reflected on that thing that Helen had said, like, she asked me if I was proud of what I created, and and I'm not sure I am. That's a real heavy line for Emma to drop, isn't it? Yeah, to suddenly realise. Because Will, he he did that funny voice that he does, don't he? It's really patronising. There was a bit where he said, what about being a protector, about being kind? Yeah. (laughs) His kind went on for about a fortnight. (laughs) Everything he said was spot on. And he did refer to himself. I loved how he said he brought himself in by saying, you know, I had that breakdown. And what? how would you have felt if someone had posted that online? And at that point, I wasn't being very alpha, was I? I wasn't being very macho. He was tapping right into the things that he knows that George is latching onto. Yeah, he said, we're all cucks and snowflakes, according to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the real strength is being kind. Yeah, fair play to Will. It does show it up, that whole scene, for just yeah. what a bunch of f***ing they all are. And do you know what's even... Do you know who the real... Like, if you want to say the word cuck, do you know who the real cucks are? Look in the comments in any of any of these videos, and it's just men falling at their feet. Like, you think that's going to help you? And it's usually men who have spent much of their lives just sort of sitting in their bedrooms. Yeah. And living at home with their parents still and probably haven't touched a girl. George did go. So here's the moral of the story. If you do go and apologise to the person you were rude to, (laughs) they do what, Kerry? Well, I loved his apology firstly. He sort of went, I know you ain't nuts. Can I I work on the farm still? Yeah, I know you ain't nuts. I just thought it was funny. And I think that was the (laughs) moment where it all changed, Mm. wasn't it? Louisa's acting. In that scene between her and Georgia, the idiot pods in. Bloody brilliant. Like yeah. the way that she was like, okay, come in, but I'm cooking. Like, Oh, you've just reminded me yeah. of something to do with that scene, which was... I thought you were going to say you just reminded me I've got something on the oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've had a lovely lamb shank before of course you have. the podcast. Yeah, Kerry's uh, username on the recording tonight is shank. <laughs> but, 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 don't distract me because I, I remembered something. <laughs> and... Uh, be careful because I might see a butterfly. 
<laughs> and it will be gone. <laughs> yeah, in that scene, George said to uh, Helen, I'm sorry I filmed you and I'm sorry I put that online. But she didn't know that. I think she'd already got wind of it by then, but at that point... We didn't hear it though, did we? No, we, we didn't. didn't. Yeah. Middle of the week was them saying, imagine if she'd seen it. Mm. I get the impression she knew it existed by that point and she knew it came down quick smart. And I think that coupled with the fact that George had a little bit in the bank because she completely opened up Pandora's box on him in the tea room that she couldn't be bothered to go back round and continue. I just thought it would have been more realistic if at the point he went, I I thought it was funny. Sorry, I posted it. I just thought it was funny. And she'd go, what? You've published it as well online. But no, she just carried on stirring her dinner and went, "Uh, I need you to go now. And off he went. He's not going to be happy with that dismissal of his apology, is he? Because Will said, I promise you'll feel so much better if you do that. You might even get your job back. Yeah, he didn't say it was a deal breaker, did he? No. Well, there is a little side plot going on here where Natasha, before all of this kicks off, lending her support to poor old Emma, who Fallon has left in the in the tea room on her own because she's gone to Whitstable with Jolene. Mm-hmm. Ever been to Whitstable, Carrie? I have once. Thought you might have. They do very lovely oysters. That's the only thing I could think of when I thought of Whitstable. Oh, was it? It's famous for its oysters, isn't it? It's really beautiful. You might not want to eat them these days if they're coming out of the sea near Whitstable. Oh, yeah, that's true. What a shame, eh? I love an oyster. Yeah, so when, like, Fallon's off away, when she comes back, Natasha's going to have completely reconstructed the tea room. It'll be called the juice room. It'll have 5,000 more <laughs> tables in it. The syrups are in a radically new place, which is, like, right near the grinder. You do, <laughs> You do think... What? So I know Natasha's like all marketing and looking for angles to make money and stuff, but you think, what, so Fallon and Emma, between the pair of them, hadn't looked at that room and thought, we can get 10 more covers in here. And, um, you know, these syrups that we keep reaching for off the shelf every day, thousands of times, it'd be much better if they were actually right next to the thing. Where I get all of that. Coffee's made. But mm. I reckon Fallon's going to come back from Whitstable and rip Natasha's fucking head off for this because she's already under a lot of strain Yeah. from this whole lease business. It'll be funny if it happens in the tea room and some of the customers who were in there <laughs> yeah. the other day go in again. It's like sit down with their old grey and then... Let's give that place a second chance. That yeah. nice girl behind the counter said it's not normally like that. Yeah. Go in and like Fallon's ramming Natasha's head against the cash register <laughs> like a scene yeah. from Goodfellas. Natasha bursts in where's Fallon I know she's working in here (laughs) and Fallon can then record her on her phone (laughs) she ain't going to be happy is she of course not no I thought that building bridges as Natasha said she was doing with Emma probably would have got a little undermined because of the whole George video thing and Helen going in there but no she's back in the tea room today or was it yesterday helping out we didn't hear it but we heard about it but but she's sniffing around like she was like oh it's really interesting seeing how this place works how what makes it tick and how i can massively change it and benefit from it and all of a sudden she's making shepherd's pies that are delivered in their veg boxes 
having loads of like right, new ideas, which Tom's like, oh, yeah, what do you want to do then? All right, then let's do that. Not much of a sort of business case being put. It's all uh, smoke and mirrors at the moment, isn't it? She's basically saying Fallon is, hasn't got a business head on her. Yeah. And it, it validates their decision to not, because Fallon did have lots of things she wanted to do, didn't she? And she didn't really, did she get to pitch it all or did she ask for the lease first? She, I, not in my memory, did she pitch it? It was discussed. Was it discussed just with Harrison mainly or? I thought she gave a little bit of a chat to Pat and Tony and Tom. But at this point, because Helen was too tied up with the whole Rob thing. Mm. At this point, I mean, Linda's going to drop a massive yeah. wedge on Fallon's doorstep to help her out. She doesn't need to ask Robert. How are they going to deal with that? Yeah, I mean, he keeps getting referred to, obviously, uh, here and there. But I, don't, I suppose like they can't drop another death can they i'm trying to think a real rob way to a rob real robert way to go like he's in the bird hide and he gets pecked to death by a giant booby (laughs) the first booby sighting in the midlands (laughs) ever and it it takes objection to being watched will jim be with him trying to fight off the booby (laughs) he'll be witness that'll be something i I would pay for jim to be an after dinner speaker to tell that story (laughs) die my fault off a booby Uh, I was thinking one of our subtitles this week could be to be or not to be. <gasps> oh, yes. Do not forget that. He was down mixing with the hive mind of Brookfield. He's so bloody nice to them, the archers. Yeah, despite everything. <laughs> yeah, there was that awkward moment where they had to like talk about their family history and the, the thing with Grace. Mm. I mean, they kind of they mm. forgot that like Jill was cackling as the burning beams fell in the barn. <laughs> Yeah, they did omit quite a few key elements, didn't they? So Toby's back. He's hanging out on the boat with Rex. He's no longer a playboy, apparently. Not sure how much of a playboy lifestyle he was enjoying working behind the bar at the Bull. Wasn't it Rex who said he's not a playboy anymore? Oh, was it? And he's, oh, maybe it wasn't. I thought they both said words to that effect, but Toby Uh, kicked it off. Yeah, one of them was going on an executive online dating thing. And I I took that to be Rex, but he's not really an executive. No, no, that's Toby. Shit. Well, they both bloody sound the same, don't they? They're a little different. I mean, there's a lot of people struggle between telling Ben, Freddie, Rory and Josh apart. But I, I don't have any issues with that. It's more the content of what they're saying, really, most of the time with Toby and Rex. Like Toby, he was talking about he's he now knows a lot about different coats, doesn't he? He's got a coat of the night and a coat of bones. And he can tell the difference between the two. So that's his chief learning while he's uh, been knocking about with his dad. Rex suggested he was starting to resemble their father. He said he was putting and getting rosy cheeked. I don't know what that's got to do. I mean, did, does Rosie get her cheeks from his rosy cheeks? <laughs> Or is it all the wine he's necking, do you reckon? When we first heard as well, um, Rosie was getting an ice cream mm. earlier in the week. And then later they were walking around the rewilding. They went, oh, hang on, Rosie's stuck. I know. <laughs> it's like, the thing, give the girl a break. I know. The thing about all of this is that there have been some comments on Twitter about, oh, it's disgusting how people are fat shaming a young imaginary child. But they keep dropping these bloody hints, don't they, as well, which isn't helping. I tell you what, in the real world, I was absolutely outraged about five or six years ago. The school nurse did like a medical on girls who were about, I don't know, about 12, 13. Oh, God. 
And the school nurse sent the findings in a letter to the home address, but didn't put it in the name of the parent, put it in the name of the daughter. And it was just saying your BMI is like too much. And luckily, in all three cases, the parents got to it first and they went nuts at the I school. I'm not surprised. Saying, why are you sending this address to my daughter? Like, do you know what you can do mm. to like a preteen girl if you tell them they're overweight? Oh, that is disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that was a clerical error or what, but yeah. So from a serious point of view, no, of course, I don't think we're just doing it because it's rosy and it's the archers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought that was absolutely foul. I don't, don't know if they've changed that or if that, if anyone else has had that experience, I'd be interested mm. to know from they, the school they, directly contacting the kids. But Even younger than that, they do at primary school, you know, your kids are their height and weight and stuff and they're tracked or they used to be when mine were little and that's not that long ago they're in their 20s it's very peculiar isn't it? i get it if they're keeping an eye out for kids who might be not, i don't know mistreated at home and or suffering from lack of funding and lack of nutrition and so forth but you're right in teenage years to do it in that way is just it's appalling isn't it anyway we digress slightly um so yeah but we got we got some rex pip action at the end tonight what do you think of all that that was toby wasn't it let me just say that all again surely like you are really twisting my melon with this these two <laughs> i'm pretty sure that no, was you're toby. right you're right no right it was toby because we had that thing earlier in the mm. week where toby told rex that oh pip got really funny when i showed her this woman on the dating yeah. site and said like is that the type of woman you think is attractive mm. and she got really weird obviously because it's tugging at these yeah these small gay panics that she's starting to have as my friend referred to it and mm. now it's got to this point where she felt that possibly toby was being a bit forward with, i mm. the way i took it she thought toby was being a bit forward with stella yeah and then later she tried to say well like, you know she is gay yeah, exactly yeah and he read it as oh uh, is there something here between us and i thought she was going to say actually toby <laughs> it's between me and her yes and but she didn't why didn't she do that is she confused is she testing herself because she's confused and thinking, you know, do I feel as excited by a bloke as I do by a woman? I mean, it can, it doesn't, it couldn't, you don't have to be exclusively dealing with one rather than the other. But for her, it's a whole new experience, isn't it? Having yeah. kissed Stella. So perhaps she is kind of testing herself and in a bit of a, it's just not straightforward for her, I guess. Which is kind of a shame in a way that, you know, you can't just go, oh, I quite fancy both of them. I might do something with one and then I might do something with the other and it's fine. It, this is a new feeling for her, perhaps. So she's trying to work it out. I took it that she, it, she, yeah, she's testing herself or she's doing that thing where, you know, mm. I can't possibly be bisexual. Look, I'm going to sleep with my ex. Yes. But it's all setting it up to be a very so they're all going for dinner at brookfield mm. tomorrow night we're recording on a thursday by the way we will come back and top up top yeah. up the tank tomorrow i've got this horrible feeling or a wonderful glowing feeling that they're gonna have an orgy <laughs> oh, <God>. well <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> i loved it when ruth when Ruth was asking Toby round for dinner, that scene was bloody great, wasn't it? And he went, oh, 
Yeah, great. And she went, you're keen? Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of anything I'd rather be doing. And you think, God, is Ruth an idiot to not be able to tell that he'd rather die, really? But yeah, anyway, that is going to happen. Do you not think Ruth is going to bump into Stella? Oh, God, Stella keeps getting invited to everything, like the opening of an envelope. <laughs> yeah, I cut plenty of lasagna. Why don't you come over? And then it's going to be a post-coital Rex and Pip around the table. Toby, Toby, Toby. Oh, for f I'm glad I'm not the only confused person. Rex is on the boat. Yes. Toby. I know. Is... I, know, I know I know who they are, Kerry. I just keep saying the wrong Toby name. Toby knows about coats. Coats de Rones. Yeah, coat de Nui and coat de Bone. So, mm. I've got the impression that what we're going to get tomorrow, and I'll look very, very silly if none of this happens, <laughs> is Stella mm. totally picking up on the fact that Pip and Toby <laughs> have got it on. Because there's been that stuff earlier in the week where... Stella said, look, it didn't mean anything. And Pip was like, D didn't it? And she went, no. And she went, yeah. No, no, of course. Yeah, no, it didn't. Yeah, silly drunken mistake. Yeah, and that's a bit where she went, oh, I'm jealous when she mentioned Sicily. And she went, oh, I don't believe it. And, she went, and Pip went, no, I don't mean like that. And she went, I'm talking about your scone. Yeah, Stella's not daft, is she? Well, no, I mean, she's, she's probably able to realise what Pip's going through. And she might just mm. think, you know. I might just have to play the long game here until she yeah. she figures out what she wants. But I, I think it's going to make for a kind of awkward... I hope we get to hear the dinner. If we don't, yeah. I feel bloody robbed. I know, I love not those. Rob, not robbed titchiners. <laughs> we was robbed. I uh, Yeah, I love those domestic dinner scenes when it's right, right, right awkward. God, if, and also, every time she has wine, she's copping off with people. So if there's wine tomorrow, who knows? She might snog her dad or something. <laughs> we did a yeah i reckon the only weirder thing that could happen tomorrow leonard shows up with jill and then lottie <gasps> turns up with her kid believing that she believing that she's booked herself into the b&b &B again <laughs> yes yeah my daughter told me we could we could come and stay for the week again i've just realized as well there was a bit of a preamble towards toby's sexual conquest of Pip. Well, it wasn't a conquest. They were both into it, but you know what I mean? Because during the B episode, he was mm. getting a raging horn on about the honey, <laughs> wasn't he? he? he was yeah. like, who has, why has no one told me that beekeeping is so f***ing sexy? <laughs> this honey oozing out of those tiny little hexagons is just getting me so turned on. And I was thinking, God, you think Pip's like labia is made of like tiny hexagons and it's reminding <laughs> Him of oh her. god yeah i thought ruth might say to him at one point uh toby you're meant to use both hands when you're doing that oh god you see you've done it yourself now all right listen here's what i suggest let's take a little break with another word from our sponsors and we will be back to see what we got right and wrong about friday's episode and we'll have a little look in our mailbag and talk patreons and ting all right yes good idea Hey there, you. Have you been to the tea room in Ambridge? No? Then let's go. Ooh, it's busy. So at the tea room, you can watch Fallon stress out over her subhuman landlords. Enjoy one of her cosmic quiches. 
or simply sit back and enjoy the many inspirational quotes on the wall. Live, laugh, love. You have to look through the rain to see the rainbow. Keep calm and carry on. Defund the police! Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Uh-oh. I think George might have put those last two up. Anyway, as I was saying... Where's George? Get him out here. Oh, shit. I want to talk to him now. Maybe we should get the fuck out of here. I know he's working here. Yeah, but Helen, hold on. Why do you want to talk to him? Hasn't he told you? Yeah, let's go. Um, shall we try that place up by the EV charging station? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Kerry, we're back. Yay. What did we get right? What did we get wrong about the Brookfield dinner? Well, there wasn't enough of the round the table chit chat. In fact, there was nothing, was there? It was, ooh, there's a cheesecake in the larder. There's some lamb chops. Then it was plate scraping at the end, really. I thought Jill's cheesecake was their nickname for Leonard. (laughs) Yeah, which cheese did she use? Was it from, uh, what's her name? Celia Sparrow. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit disappointing that we had the whole clan there. I mean, I predicted that Leonard would show up. Lottie and um, Maddie didn't turn up. That's a bit disappointing. But bloody hell, Pip has got the worst post-shag clarity ever <laughs> you know that kind of feeling mm. when after sex me like you shouldn't have done that <laughs> she was a nightmare with stella she was a nightmare with toby but okay i get it a little bit mm. did was she testing herself i asked somebody else this tonight and they said yeah definitely that's what she was doing but yeah. i think she just had too much to drink is it fair to use someone as a test i thought toby would be far more blasé about it i'm quite surprised how he's pretty much kind of referring to them as as his in-laws again and Pip's yeah. like we were never married like the the she is so uncool in that situation you know mm-hmm. when you're like teenagers or in your 20s and you all go your separate ways at the end of the night but you all generally mm. find yourself back in the local on the Friday night or the Saturday night I was always able to clock within yeah. five minutes if if there'd been a kind of a an illicit shag between yeah, yeah, yeah. two people. I mean, I wouldn't even need five seconds with Pip. It's all out there, isn't it? Yeah. I. She's very tetchy, clumsy. What was it she said? Oh, she was really snapping about helping or something, wasn't she? The bit where Toby said, like, I'll, I, I could supply the wine. And Ruth went, oh, that's very generous. I thought he was going to, it ain't for free, mate. Yeah. I, I sort of feel for Toby a little bit. Well, I feel for him too. Yeah. I mean, what that I, I felt uniquely awkward at that mm. moment where Ruth and David said, we could hear you from across the yard. I was like, mm. oh, shit, what? 
Yeah, bit where, like we could hear you where... laughing. It was like, that wasn't laughter. Unless Pip <laughs> was actually laughing because Toby was that bad. Maybe she... Pip, like, nervously laughs all the way through sex. Yeah, I thought, because she was quite brutal, wasn't she, when she went, I didn't feel anything. And I was imagining Toby going, look, I was a bit pissed, but I was pretty sure that was your clitoris. <laughs> oh, dear. It, yeah, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? Because he was almost planning on moving back in before... Pip yeah, I mean, that is of... ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. That I, I felt for Toby a minute ago, but that is pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. That he's I'm, built I... up this whole new life for himself. The thing that's most unlikely about all of this is apparently Pip is dynamite in the sack. Yeah. If we're, that's what we're led to believe here. What if she gets preggers? Well, yeah, Twitter's awash with her pregnancy. Because I did do a tweet about her being good at sex and said like, oh, you know, Pip being great at sex is not how I imagine Pip being at sex. And then had to qualify it by saying, "Not I've never actually imagined Pip having sex. This is not something I do. No, and it wasn't that long ago that Toby was complaining to somebody mm. about how grim Pip was and how she walks around barefoot around the house and Correct. he was physically repulsed by her. Yeah. Yeah, she walks barefoot round her unhoovered house. Well, that's a cheap way of doing the vacuuming. It just sticks to the feet for her, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> she should buy a foot spa from um, from oh, Susan's yeah. car boot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- we were led to believe, right, oh no, Toby's sticking around. This is going to drive a wedge between Pip and Stella. I mean, obviously, it's good for us that we get this little complication. Even David came out and was like, oh, oh, God, sorry. And went back into the house. So, But is there a Pip and Stella, Matthew? Is there one? I really, like Pip's going to sort of go, Stella, I need to tell you something. And Stella will go, uh, no thanks. She was quite cool on Thursday night when she said to Rex, come on, let's leave mum and dad to it. Mm. And they left. So she has got a sensible head on most of the time. I mean, she's been around the block, Stella, hasn't she? Like I said yesterday, either she can sit, the, she can wait this one out until Pip figures out what she wants. And she does like her a bit. I think yeah. she does like her a bit, but she's true. She's far more experienced than her. And she's like, well, if she does have a freak out about it, I'll just, uh, I'm just not going to worry. But on that front as well, what you've just said, Matthew, was Stella made one comment that hinted that she might be up for it, which was, she said in the little group about Pip, she said, as long as she knows what she wants now. That was in my notes from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right here. Just as long as you know what you want now. Which yeah. is so she... hinting that she's picking up on the fact that there's something afoot and a foot spa. And <laughs> that, and that um, she might be open to it slightly. Toby headed into a dark void. Someone else they were saying might have headed into a dark void in his youth was Rob. So mm. we had the whole thing between Susan and Helen. I thought that was quite illuminating because it started with susan just following her around everywhere going uh helen uh have you heard how badly things are going at gray gables plus george isn't like a complete lunatic i really 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 enjoyed that scene it started off with helen having that amazing tone it was the strained tone that must be so hard to do to just conjure up mustn't it unless you are an actor then it's really easy (laughs) It was so good. You could just 
sense the tension between the two and then the moment that Susan mentioned George after a bit of preamble wittering there was a bit of a oh god wasn't it how's this gonna go and actually Helen surprised us all I think by listening to Susan saying she needed a bit of company and was up for a chat and then cherry on the cake of the surprise suggested that George can have his job back yeah I I really found that question interesting when she asked Helen how Mm. do you think Rob became how he was yeah you know we have to he didn't have the dodgy influencers online to turn to so Mm. what made him was it was it a bad role model for him or a couple of bad experiences in his youth I don't know Mm. but um I mean Helen couldn't put a finger on it either could she she couldn't his way of controlling is to to be abusive towards women yeah she did make the point that susan shouldn't be comparing rob and george and her brother clive yeah <laughs> yeah and your dodgy brother a long list yeah so she kind of tried to make that clear didn't she although she wasn't able to answer that question about whether it had been uh, the way he'd been brought up or if he was just a bad seed i was quite sad that that was the question susan asked because she went helen oh no i shouldn't ask and helen went go on i thought she was going does Lee make karate noises in bed? <laughs> Having done the edit yesterday, yeah. I realised something that I wasn't clear about. That body mass index story I told about the, the letters going out directly to the girls and not the parents, yeah. Yeah. it sounded on the edit like it was the school I worked at. It's not. That happened oh, to I did three think f- that, yes. No, no, that happened to three friends of mine in the UK. And the, the letters oh, came I for see. their kids. And oh. yeah, we don't have a we don't have a nurse at our school. So just in case you thought I was talking about my school here in Portugal, no, I wasn't. Mm. I was talking about something that happened. That's why I said I don't. I would be interested to know if that's ever happened to anyone else, because it happened in the UK. And I realised the way I edited it, it sounded like it was it was my school. That's what I thought. But it's it's good to get that clear because otherwise you're slandering your school. Kerry, yes. Let's give our new patrons a shout out. Yeah. Of which there are three this week great three new jingles are you still jingling oh it's exhausting honestly you do nothing but jingles in your spare time now so first of all we have janet everybody stop what you're doing damn it there's a new cider shed patron on this planet (laughs) thanks janet (laughs) yes 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 I, I was thinking, will it be Janet Jackson? What's he going to do? There aren't many words that rhyme with Janet, you know. Planet, Janet. Planet. Damn it. Fair play to Richard O'Brien for thinking of so many. Yeah, next up, James. Tell me, what was his name? James. What did he do? He became a Cider Shed patron. What an inspirational hero. His story will be told for generations. Well, unless he goes and deletes his Cider Shed Patreon membership. Well... Yeah. (laughs) Yep, very good. Hero so far. Thank you, James. And this last one is for (laughs) Yasmin, who I happen to know is very talented in her own right. Very good voice actor, so I'm tipping her for a future role in The Archers here. And so, the Cider Shed Patreon Pulitzer Prize goes to, wait for it, Yasmin future star of the archers in an as yet unspecified antipodean role good on you yasmin 
Thanks, Yasmin. <laughs> Much appreciated. I like the sound the sound of the envelope. Yeah, well, you know, attention to detail, isn't it? Peter got in touch tonight to yeah. say, uh, oh my God, George has stolen one of Matthew's jingles <laughs> as he was catching up on the arches. <laughs> and, he was like, and then he put a little footnote, didn't he? He was like, I actually do like your jingles, by the way. So yeah, thanks to everyone that became a patron this week. Like it, it's a real helping hand for us. Yes. We just massively appreciate it. If you want to become a patron of the Cider Shed, go to patreon.com forward slash the Cider Shed and become a patron at any level. A cup of coffee, isn't it? Half a pint in a reasonable pub these days. Yeah. Probably not the bull. I think the bull's a cheap pub. I, I doubt it is. Never hear the prices, do we? Well, we, ju we just know that David goes in there trying to get free pints whenever they've got oh, new yeah. bar staff. Okay, so we got some emails. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'll talk about the people who messaged on our Patreon. Ben got in touch thanking us for the RSS feed. So did Helen. Ryan got in touch on Patreon to say, Matthew, the audio adventures you take me on with these jingles kill me. I hope not, Ryan. <laughs> not literally. Marion got in touch on Patreon as well to say, what about an occasional smash up of Cider Shed and On the Couch? Could be just around Christmas and for a few weeks when a host is on holiday. I think the fans would be delighted to hear you mix it up. Oh. We talk to On the Couch behind the scenes a fair bit, don't we, Kerry? It's fair we to do. say. Yeah. You've been out on the beers with Lucy and Jeff in London not that long ago. I have, yeah. And Harriet has, in the past, DM'd about us going for beers too. Good idea. Well, who knows? It's something that I think, yeah, we're, we're more likely to all end up in the pub at some point, aren't we? Laura did that thing where she emailed hello at thesidershed.com. That's our email if you want to get in touch with us there. So she says, hi, Matthew and Kerry. Hope you're both well. I thought I'd email you with a bit of a backstory. I'm a fairly baby listener to The Archers. I started listening in around 2018 when Nick died, basically. And it was because of my ex-future mother-in-law, that's a bit complicated, who mentioned <laughs> Nick in relation to another BBC TV show. And well, it's now 2023 and I'm still listening, but no longer with him. Oh, okay, all right, I see what's happened here. Or in touch with the family, mm -hmm. which means I no longer have any fellow The Archers listeners I can physically talk to about it. Hence why I adore your podcast, because it's like-minded people talking about the programme. Now for the apology. Oh, because the title is Hi, Thank You and Apology. That's how I used to end my relationships. Oh, thank you and sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what Pip said, wasn't it? Yes. Now for the apology. In an attempt to get my mum to listen to The Archers, I also tried to get her to listen to the podcast. Well, she says this pod podcast, so I don't know if it's all of them or just us. I have a set way of doing things Archers related. She wasn't a fan, so I stopped listening. I'm so sorry. Well, I've got a colleague at the school. He's near retirement age, I think, and his mum is still alive and she listens to The Archers. She lives mm. up in the north of England somewhere. And he managed to wangle it out of me once that I do a podcast about The Archers. And mm. he kept on asking for oh, the name of it and i was like do you know lionel i just don't think it's a good idea really <laughs> you know i just couldn't imagine a point where i'm sat at work and lionel comes in and is like matthew my um my octogenarian mother says do you think pip's labia is made out of hexagons what does that mean <laughs> my mum listens and she's nearly 80. But, i know you know, i know but she knows might you. because i'm on the bloody podcast but yeah yes no I, I just kind of felt it was 
probably for the best. Mm. So I just said, I honestly, I was just very honest and said, look, I don't think it's a good idea. So, you know, Laura's mum didn't like it. That's fine. She goes on to say, it was only through reading the Facebook page of the Cider Shared and then finding that particular episode that I even knew Peter was leaving and why. Once again, I am so sorry and I'm all up to date on the midweek episode. So she's a patron. A very good idea for his patron. So please keep them coming. And I listened to last Saturday's pod. So I'm up to date. So yeah. Excellent. Thank you for giving us the Cider Shared. And yes, I got very excited when I heard Eddie was in the Cider Shed last week. That was when he had uh-huh. parrot depression, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not been mentioned in Ambridge in years, has it? Well, it was mentioned for Clary and Eddie's 50th Oh, when they put the lights up and all of that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't entirely sure if it wasn't where George was doing his vape business, but I don't know. She says, finally, and I shall continue listening for as long as you keep recording them. Have a lovely rest of your week and looking forward to hearing the pod this weekend. Laura. Ah, oh, lovely email. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, that's so nice. I got another email from someone who was like, is it too late to join the fantasy football? So I might try and see if I can do that for them as well. So I have to have a word with Liam. It's a tough task. Unlock and then relock. <laughs> I uh, sent an audio to Liam on Saturday saying, look, can we lock the league and stuff? And he sent an audio back. He sounds exactly like Alan Shearer. Does he? Did you have to think who Alan Shearer was then, Kerry? Do you know, I, at first I was thinking of Alan Sugar. Because you went, Alan, shh. Yeah, he rang me. He went, boy, why are you telling me to sort this league out? I'm not interested. You're bloody useless. Why won't you sort out your own f***ing league? Get out. I should have waited waited to the end of the word. But when you went, Alan, shh, I just went to that chewed toffee of a face. (laughs) But you didn't mean that. You meant the Geordie, who has no lips, I always think, when I'm watching him be a pundit. I'm 100% sure that Liam does have lips, and he's very (laughs) kindly taking care of our fantasy football league, which I think is actually as good a time as any to just tell you who's in the top three. Top of the table. Things can only get butter, as we talked about last week. That's Chris Charlson's team. On a total of 145 points, Carrie. God, that is impressive, isn't it? I've just seen who's third, though. Oh, you're ruining I, it. You're ruining the reveal. No one knows, apart from me and you. So. In second place, FC James. That's James Scott. On 143 points. Absolutely amazing. And in third place, and we swear there is no match fixing in this league, <laughs> Max FC who's managed yes. by Max Warbis Mansfield on 142 points. Yeah. My, my boy. Yeah, I'm very proud of him. I'm not proud. He's in a league with us in this household and he's just like rinsing me and Mimi. <laughs> yeah, Mimi's like third, second from bottom, isn't she? Third from bottom. Yeah. My mum's above me. Well, I mean, that's the order of things, isn't it? Yeah. Where are you? I think I'm around 18. Yeah, I I mean, I am. What I'll do is when the game week finally finishes. 21st, Matthew, stop. Okay. When the game week finally finishes, I will post the photos on the Facebook and the Twitter again. But when I showed it last week, Nimrod Pleasure Beach was glued to the bottom of the table. (laughs) To which she responded, I've lost control of the dressing room. Got to be honest, the lads aren't listening to me. The fans are already calling for me to resign. The sponsors aren't happy. It's a f***ing mess. (laughs) My brother is equal with Nimrod Pleasure Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and a shout out to Lynn Bird at the bottom, yeah. I think. You know, we need to acknowledge that she's taken over Peter's spot. Yeah, I mean, he's coming for you. He's coming for your spot, Lynn. He's in 38. <laughs> All of his team are still alive at this point, so he's doing better than last year. 
Okay, so that's the fantasy yeah. football. If you want to get in touch with us on our socials, you can get in touch on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, which is called The Cider Shed Podcast. We had a couple of people mentioning the ads this week that featured in last week's episode. Very good. Dave Howard said, so only just discovered the podcast and enjoying, heard the adverts. He said, Caldwell Cheese, I laughed, but then thought, is this genuine? The name Caldwell is a thing. <laughs> Jess Glennie responded, I love the fake adverts, to which our official account responded, fake? <laughs> so we have an Instagram page, which is at the Cider Shed Pod, and that's also the same as our Twitter account, isn't it, Carrie? Yes, that's at the Cider Shed Pod as well, Matthew. Very lively on there it is. Yeah, just hashtag the archers, get amongst it during the archers episodes, whenever they may be. And in between, just tell us what you're thinking. Reviews, Kerry? We have one new review, five-star review from Sophie Top. Essential listening for Archers fans, so much fun. A great way to end the week by listening to in to good friends chatting about all the events in Ambridge. Hey, it was Sophie that I read out last week who had posted on our Facebook that she just discovered the podcast and was really enjoying it. She'd going back through the... <sighs> The back issues. Um, all right, so that brings us to our special announcement, Kerry. Yeah. We're going to do something we've only ever done once before in the history of the podcast. Yes. Are you sitting down, everyone? <laughs> Both Kerry and I are on the road next week. There will be no cider shed. <gasps> da, da, da. I thought you were going to say we're on the run. We might be by the time the, the supposed recording would have taken place. So yeah, Kerry's in Spain. I'm going to be in the mm -hmm. UK. And obviously, it's just not logistically possible for either of us to do it. But we will be back. I will be back the following week. And I do believe a certain person has promised to co-host with me. Yay! And if he doesn't, we're going to track him down. I really hope so. I look forward to listening to you two from a beach. All right, Kerry, I've got to start packing almost. So I'm going to say okay. goodbye and I'll be in touch with you over the weekend. The rest of you, thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, see you. Bye. Hang on.